This is the Effective Engineering Manager podcast. In today's episode, Adam and Slava discuss the new world of remote work and guidance around how to manage it effectively. Welcome to the Effective Engineering Manager podcast. Hello, Adam. It's your time today. What would you like to talk about? Hey, Slava. Today, I would like to talk about a topic that I know is is affecting everyone now, and uh, especially coming out of a out of a pandemic, two years working remote, uh, we've really had to reevaluate and and question um, how we can continue to work remote, and what is the workplace going to look like going forward. And I think it's a really important topic that I know a lot of people have talked about, but in in our space here, building effective engineering managers, I think there's a really important set of guidances that we can we can share that will help all of our listeners. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it's a great topic. Uh, lots been uh, written and said and uh, podcasted and uh, YouTubed. And uh, um, I'm confident that we'll provide a very valuable uh, twist on this topic. Yeah. So let's, I think to start, let's, let's go back two and a half years when most of us, especially in engineering circles, um, you know, brought our offices uh, home. And we were uh, either instructed or, or guided to stay home for a long period of time. And what ended up happening there, um, I call it the brute force effect. We basically took the exact same working environment, conditions, communication channels, and we just brought them to our home, right? We still worked the same nine to five shift. We still held the same meetings, albeit virtual and on Zoom. We still did business the same type of way that we did when we were in the office, right? We didn't really change. And I think for most of us, we were pleasantly surprised. We could still be productive. We could still get things done. We still, those that fabric of trust that we had already built with our peers and our teams kind of for the most part stood true. Um, there was a lot of success, especially in some of the SaaS companies during the, the period because they were more highly valued for different services. Uh, while people were at home and and there was some unknown and so i call that the brute force effect and uh and and it was almost physically people brought their monitors and keyboards and everything home and they many people set up a uh you know a ad hoc office at home and you know if you walked in your neighborhood you would see everybody with um large monitors in their windows or in their kitchen or in their offices and you know desk chairs and, and all this kind of stuff and if you had families you know you had a spouse or other family members who were also working at home at the same time and you know, started to create uh, some challenges for how to divide space and, and make sure there was no noise overlaps and stuff like that. But, but other than that, we were pretty much doing the same thing the same way. And over time, that, you know, that, that, can, that worked, but I think it continued to wane because what was happening was people, it was becoming harder and harder to separate home from work life, right? You would stay at your laptop longer, you know, you would either, you would go and have a meal and come right back to it. Um, You didn't have that 20 or 30 or or more minutes uh, to decompress from work or or decompress from home to work. Uh, That travel time wasn't there. And so it was very, very easy to get caught up in work. 
um, and stay working and not really create the same spaces for yourself. And especially when people weren't going out and you know, many people were not doing, following some of their same extracurricular habits or, or gym and stuff like that, you really converted that time into to work. And so now let's fast forward two and a half years and where we're at now, right? Where this has become a more permanent way of living or working. Um, many companies have uh, saw the benefit of, of this, both economically and um, in the ability to have a larger or more diverse, geographically diverse workspace, workforce. And so now the question is, okay, well, if this now has, is going to be my permanent way of living and working, um, does this brute force model still work, right? Uh, we, there's, it's not a temporary thing. And for many of us, whether you're coming into the office one day a week or no days a week, um, working remote is going to be a very fundamental part of, of what we do. And so as managers, we have to really consider that and think about how do we still do what we're tasked to do, which is maintain motivation and productivity and get things done, right? And build healthy teams around that. And um, I think there are certain things that we can talk about here that are uh, very important. And it and sometimes we have to flip certain things on its head. And and I think at the end of the day, honestly, this, the, the, the key part of it is coming back and focusing on individuals, right? Focusing away from the mechanics of what we're doing and how we're doing it and always coming back to individuals. And whether remote or in the office, what is going to be the best way for us to reach individuals on our team, keep them motivated, and work towards um, the long-term sustainability of having a, a good, cohesive team in a remote environment. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What has been in your experience so far? Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. And I think I, I totally agree with you how, how amazingly well we transitioned from uh, working in the office and uh, uh, maybe having you know, one or two or three days a month from home to being 100% working from home. And um, I, I think it's, a, a, at least for us folks working in IT, it was a miracle that we could do this. Uh, I remember uh, those uh, two and a half years ago, um, I just told my team to go home even before it has become official. I just told the folks to grab their, uh, you know, on the desk labs and uh, machines and laptops and monitors and just, uh, and we, by the time, uh, the lockdown started, I remember we fully 100% operational, right? And uh, But I also agree with you that it brought a set of challenges which we uh, survived through, but I think now that this modem, uh, model has become uh, a norm for many companies, I know that, you know, bigger guys trying to bring people uh, back into the office, but for many many companies i think it's, it's going to remain like this uh for a very long time if it's not if it's not forever um so maybe you could could give us an overview of uh, those top five things that we are going to talk about how can we make it how can we take it to the next level how can we uh make it's livable survivable and productive uh working from home for month month and years to come Remember, like, like you said, you know, you told your team to just pack up and go home. 
that was also predicated on the fact that you knew the team members, you knew what they were capable. They knew you. You already had trust. You already had, you know, that team bond, right? So it was easy when you knew each other to continue that. But now, two and a half years later, many teams are completely different. We've hired people remotely. We've built teams that are almost remote. Um, I know uh, my current team, uh, many of the people have never even met each other. Uh, they've just seen each other on Zoom because they've either, they've either been hired you know, during this period or they move teams or whatever. Um, so I think the first thing to really, to really consider as a manager is the dynamics of trust in this new world, right? How do you build trust and maintain that um, in a remote world? And I think the first thing is don't lose some of the key tenets that we've shared. Always continue to have your one-on-ones. Lean into them even more. Make sure you know their video one-on-ones where possible, so that you can look each other in the eye, see body cues, body language, and and really create that communication path if it's not already there. And even if you need to extend your one-on-ones to be a little longer than the typical thirty minutes, because you don't you're not seeing that individual in the office, you're not picking up on things that that can can add to your perspective. Um, you need that time. And to help build trust and make sure as a manager that you you clearly communicate to each of your team members what the expectation is. Listen, you know, it's a it is a privilege to work from home, right? Even if the company is endorsing it, it is relying on the honor system in a large way, right? But at the end of the day, it's it's really about getting things done. So if you can prove to me that we can maintain a level of trust with each other, um, and that we're professional, and that you're, um, uh, I as a manager am providing all the trust that I can in you and not doubting that you can work remotely while you also are com- uh, giving the trust back to me and, and sharing that mutually, and that it's consistent. And, and we're talking week over week about what's going on. We're talking about how, you know, how we're feeling in this world. We're talking about the challenges we're faced. You know, and we're not just glancing over stuff just because it's easier to when you don't see each other, right? So I think building that level of trust is the first thing. Uh, and, then, and then along with that, I think, is communication. It's extremely important that we over-communicate with each other, especially when the team has, you, know, you haven't met each other and you don't really understand each other's, you know, personal preferences and stuff like that. And don't take advantage of the fact that you're remote. And so, for example, if you have to uh, step out for a period of time or if, you know, you have to take care of family or something like that, um, just just communicate. Say, listen, I'm going to have some in and out either today or, or periodically for things like that. Um, I'll try to make sure that I... I, uh, if, if, we ha- if it interferes with a meeting or whatever, that I'll, let, I'll communicate ahead of time my actions and responsibilities so that I'm not delinquent on that and I'm also not just MIA. Um, and over-communication is really important. Um, at the same time, as a manager, I think you need to also communicate that it's okay to attend to other things and and break up the dynamic a little bit and you're not going to be penalized for it, create a safe space, again, coming back to trust, but also communicating that. And I try to do that in my staff meeting every week, just reiterating that line saying, listen, um, I understand it's, it's, you know, um, it's a new world for us in in a lot of ways. Um, I trust you all. And, you know, I'm letting you know and communicating that it's okay to do those things. 
as long as we're attending to the things that are in front of us. Uh, so I think trust and communication are like the two, two pillars that are absolutely critical, that have to be foundational, and they, they really have to be tenants. And, it, and if, if that trust is broken, it's really hard to get back, especially being remote. And I think that has to be recognized by the team. You know, the team in some ways has to grow up a little bit beyond what they may have been used to in the past or may not have been and uh, or not have seen. And they need to be able to look at their team members and their managers and, and their peers and be able to um, understand the dynamics and also make sure that uh, they're com- that they're maintaining those relationships of trust as best as possible and, f- and feeding them always. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, I think uh, the the point of trust is is critical because uh, now that we are deprived of, uh, or most of the times deprived of the face to face communications and not being able to uh, engage all our senses in communications, including body language, I think it's important to. lean uh, especially for us managers it's important to lean into uh, uh, building this trust through increase one of the things that we can do is if if budgets allow is to try to maintain some minimal level of human contact right and one particularly uh, it would be if if again if budgets and uh, geographies allow us to uh, to be able to meet on a relatively regular basis, and uh, and this can be, there. I think there are like three possibilities, right? When people got dispersed and the teams got dispersed intercontinentally, right? There's, that can become maybe once a year affair, right? Meeting, uh, essentially not making it a, uh, not I'm, I'm comparing it to as uh, with the flying in spaceships in parallel courses right you you can talk to each other but we'll you'll never see each other again right and uh, i think uh we are not in this situation and uh, uh meeting uh, meeting team members and, st- and uh, making an effort to uh, allow members of the team to meet on a regular basis what is reasonable financially is, is super critical and um and uh, at the same time uh all ma- on all management principles such as uh, one-on-ones has to be have to be a law right you cannot drop one-on-ones right uh, leaning into uh, feedback and I think in this uh, in the remote work model uh, positive feedback becomes even more important right and it, it is on managers we talked about uh, managers diary before uh, one of the podcasts on the managers diary it's critical for managers to maintain uh, even small and keeping track of even small successes, right? And being able to uh, provide positive feedback to uh, to their direct reports as as much as possible, right? And this builds trust from the direct reports to the, their bosses, which is uh, super uh, super important, uh, and uh, also. Uh, uh, I think it's important to uh, celebrate successes, and I think you you are going to mention it before. You're going to mention it, and uh, because when we were talking about this uh, before we started recording, 
so also when it comes to trust because our communication channels are now diminished to me personally one of the things which are important is to be to maintain high standard of clarity when it comes to defining the successes of uh, what the team is building right uh, because we are not no longer can check in you know you know stick our head into somebody's cubicle and you know have a quick back and forth uh, defining what what is what is the success is, is important uh, th these are my initial thoughts on, on on trust yeah i think you bring up some excellent points and and coming back to the the getting together thing um i think there's at least in a lot of the material that i read and and seen online and seen what other companies are doing i think there's this emphasis on making things equal across wherever any team is, right? Oh, everyone's remote and we have to create equal opportunities, whether you're, you know, a thousand miles away or 10 miles away from other people. I don't know at, at the team level, I mean, maybe at the, at the organizational level, maybe that's a, that's a goal. But I think at the team level, I think there, there has to be flexibility, right? If you, you know, if, if, if your headquarters is in, you know, uh, San Francisco, and you know you have a group of folks who kind of live in that area. I don't think there's anything wrong with those folks getting together periodically because they're just they're just local to each other. And you know even if they're in an office or if they're just going to happy hour or this or that, I, I don't think there's anything really wrong with that. I think it is the response of the manager to make sure it doesn't become like clickish or that you're not giving advantages to people that are more local, but. I think it's important, like you said, to find whatever opportunity you can, because the reality is our company is going to start spending thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars to have people fly across the world regularly uh, in this new world. Probably not. Right. Um, th there may be more opportunities to get together, but it's it's you know, it's really going to be up to the manager to be creative. And you shouldn't wait for the organization to tell you what to do. I think you really have to go with your gut instinct, go, and go with your emotional intelligence. I know we've talked about this before, um, leading from front and behind. This is an opportunity where you can sometimes lead from behind. Let the team kind of set a little bit of a culture here in how they want to, to interact. Um, you know, and of course, some people are still gonna be uncomfortable doing that, right? Some people, you know, I mean, we're just coming off a pandemic. Some people were very deeply affected by it, uh, either health-wise or with their family. Uh, we have to be sensitive to people that may not really want to participate as much as, as they might have in the past. And that's perfectly fine. And and I think you're right. We have to always continue to reinforce with praise. And we'll get into that in, in a minute. Um, but I think this leads into one of the next guidance is flexibility. So flexibility with how the team interacts and gets together. But I also think one of the key things that I don't think is talked about enough in remote work guidance is breaking down the normal nine to five mold, right? Um, I tell my team now, I say, I don't really care what your hours are. Um, I do care that you're not overworking yourself. I do care that you're not just working in the middle of the night and all that kind of stuff, of course, the extreme cases. Um, but I don't really care, you know, if you want to take off 
an hour in the middle of the day to go do exercise because you need to get that physical energy in that you're not getting by walking around an office or anything, or you need to get away from a, a crying baby or a spouse, or if a spouse is having another important meeting. I mean, these are new challenges and dynamic things that we have to adjust to, uh, to stay mentally healthy, to stay productive, to stay, you know, uh, fluid in what we do. And so I tell my team, you know, again, coming back to trust, you set your own schedule, you do what you need to do. Just make sure you attend the key things that we have as a team, right? I'm not here to be your babysitter. And if I am, then there's something else wrong. Attend the important things you need, attend the staff meeting, attend our standups. Uh, but I'm trusting that you're doing your work and leave it up to you to manage your time. And I'll check in with you in our one-on-ones to make sure you're not, you know, working midnight to 5 a.m. or whatever and or, or overburdening yourself. And we'll work through that. But flexibility is really important. And I think stressing that point of flexibility is also important. The other thing is with flexibility, you know, with working from home, people are not going to take off as much, right? They're, they're, they're tending to things or running to the post office or doing that, you know, and, and that doesn't usually often require you to have to kind of take official time off and that's fine. Uh, but I think also people are going to take less time off in general, those days where you would take a day off because you don't want to drive into the office or because you have a headache, you're not feeling well. Sometimes you push through it when you work from home. Um, encourage the team, encourage your team members to de- decompress, get away from work. Even if you have to grant them a free day here or there, look out for their well-being and say, you know, man, this person's really been, I can tell, has been really diligent, working hard, nailing it. Um, one of the things I can do in this new world is help them separate from work. Right, and there's no if there's no office or a limited office to go to, anyways, just stay home and relax. You know, separate yourself, turn off the computer for a day. Um, I've told that to actually team members, and it's really helped them, um, and it's helped them provide the perspective and and kind of freshen up their mindset. So flexibility is super important, and that I think is going to be one of the key themes in how we maintain uh, a healthy remote working relationship. The next thing, as you kind of mentioned, is opportunities for praise. In a remote world, you know, we all want to be fed motivation and praise. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to double down on on genuine positive praise. Find any opportunity daily or weekly to recognize the team for what they're doing. And, you know, say, look, man, we did all this while working remotely. We did all this in a very tight timeline or so-and-so, you killed it on this. This was outstanding. I really appreciate you doing that. Or say, hey, look, I know the three of you got this done and having to have a Zoom every day just to just to maintain progress on that is hugely exhausting, but you guys did it. You, you got the project done. You were very productive. Extremely important to maintain praise and, and have ways that that praise can be visible throughout the organization. Because again, when you're working from home, you don't have that level of visibility. You're not walking down the hall from, you know, your boss or boss's boss, and they're not overhearing or hearing things going on that are that are recognition. So making sure that you as a manager are praising and sharing that praise with your management team as well. Uh, then, the, then the last thing, which is I think also related, you, you touched on this, is celebrate small successes. Um, and you know, when I started, you know, maybe a year into the pandemic, when I realized that this was going to be a more permanent model, I started to think to myself, okay, well, you know, man, it'd be great to have the team just come into the office so that we could do like a, 
you know, a brainstorming session because it be more effective there, whiteboards and all that kind of stuff and maybe have more people's attention and get better, more ideas and collaboration. And then I started to think about, oh, let's find a time when we can have an on-site together and, and, and be, you know, do work. And then I, I, I took a pause and I stepped back and said, you know, the team has already demonstrated the ability to work effectively remotely. While I can bring them in to do work and in person, um, and it may help, I think the real value and benefit would be is if I can get the team together to do something fun, right? Or a team outing, right? Uh, going to a dinner, going, doing a, um, a team event. Uh, the, and I've realized the team is yearning for this. I mean, they are really looking for opportunities just to get together with people. As I mentioned, some of these people have never met each other. And so just finding, creating the opportunities to celebrate success and just to, just to get together. And where the work would be secondary. You know, it doesn't mean you can't get together and have a, a team meeting, but that's not the primary reason. The primary reason is to get together, to see each other, interact human to human, break down some of those barriers that exist when you're, you know, you're communicating remotely. People can interact with each other. People can see each other. People can start to learn each other's personalities a little bit better, which will just buy you so much in the long run. Uh, so opportunities for praise and finding opportunities to get together, I think, is is really key. And I think one thing you'd be surprised at, I mean, I think by and large you'd find people would be willing to put a few dollars down to get together with the team. Now, I'm not talking about people flying across the globe, but, you know, people that are, are close to each other would get together and, and you know, spot a few dollars to, to do a happy hour or a team event. I think for the most people would really see the value in that and enjoy that and, and participate um, if, if that needed to be. Ideally, the company could sponsor all that, but if, in case you don't, um, don't feel afraid to, um, you know, uh, tap into your team as well, because I'm sure they would also see the value in that. So those are some of the key things that I think are very key, especially for engineering, engineering managers in guiding towards this new remote world. Uh, Slava, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. And uh, this is good stuff. And uh, I think I just can add just a bit of a color on the, a few things that you mentioned. Uh, when it comes, to, well, first of all, sort of a philosophical note is that we saw, I think we all saw that working from home, f I, I would like to find someone who will, who will disagree. <laughs> Uh, shoot us an email or a text uh, or find us on Twitter. Uh, but we were and are much more productive and much more, my internal sense, maybe 20 to 30% more productive than we were in the office. Right? And I was thinking about it, what could be the source? And I think number one is a the office environment was very conducive to distractions. Right, people walking by, someone stopping at the cubicle, you going to the cooler, water cooler, having water water cooler conversations, which I love. By the way, I think this is a miss, but that was quite. We did not have days, which especially as managers, consisting of meetings starting at eight and ending at six. Right, we did not have days like this. Right, we we knew that you know meeting was something that we had to to go to when, you know, when the one there was a need. And I think what happened, one of the uh, less than positive things that happened is the this birth of a all day 
meetings culture, right? And I don't think it's a good thing. And I think it is essentially a backlash of this backlash uh, towards more meetings because we don't have this human interactions anymore. We are sort of intuitively trying to compensate for it, maybe. Uh, maybe we feel that because we cannot talk to each other now, we have to talk more. <laughs> so essentially, we do end up talking more to each other than before, right? And, uh, and I think it's not healthy because uh, especially for men, first of all, when it comes to engineers, uh, managers in this environment even more have to make all efforts to make sure that they're spending most of their time writing great code or build and building great hardware rather than sitting in meetings. This just should not be allowed. It just has to be religious, I think. I'm not a big fan of religious approaches, but in this case, I think we should uh, make an effort um, when it comes to communications. But another thing I think we can, I, I'm doing it myself and I'm encouraging our listeners is to focus on pre-communications, which is essentially before you graduate to communicating through meetings, uh, focus on documenting what you are trying to, uh, to, to convey, right? Are these thoughts and considerations uh, even more? Are these designs even more? Are these proposals for changes? Uh, give yourself time to think, uh, document, get uh, people who are involved uh, to review in asynchronous mode without meetings. And once everything said and done, have those meetings. And th the meetings increasingly should be about the decision-making process, not about let's talk about it. And we have a, a dedicated podcast on effective meetings. It's all covered very well. Meetings should be the last resort, not the first. And I see increasingly a lot, a lot and increasingly when meetings are a first resort without agendas, without goals, without preparation, without even a statement saying, let's talk about something. <laughs> right? So I think uh, it, it is critical to over-document, over-review in a synchronous mode in, through wikis, email, and get to meetings only when uh, there's a real, real need for it. Right? It's just super critical because this overloads, this deprives managers of time to think, right? This number one uh, a note on uh, communications. Um, another note on the flexibility, and I really like what you said, be because now our days are so full of uh, uninterrupted work, we often don't even have time to do to have a, to have bio breaks, right? And some people told me they didn't visit a restaurant for a day. Right? So this is <laughs> this is not okay, right? So and it means that uh, managers have to be mindful of the fact that when they schedule meetings, when they want to interact, when they want to 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 work in synchronous mode or meetings they should be asking their teams do they have time to take care of themselves do they have time to go get some water do they have time to get to go get some coffee right do they have time to go to have a lunch i've seen i've seen uh, me, uh, managers scheduling meetings inside lunchtime saying that 
well, that's the only time available in the calendar. Well, that's, <laughs> this is the time which is not available, right? And uh, on a larger scale, I think because we are so much more productive, it's not because magically that more productivity was born. It's just because people are working more, right? And people need more time to themselves or they, they actually have, they need the same time, right? Because we are productive, not because we are efficiencies were born. We are productive because people are spending less time on them, themselves. And that's why being mindful and, and being proactive in asking what, uh, in asking what is, uh, you know, what employees need to be successful and what employees need uh, their direct reports and their direct reports need to be, to stay healthy and engaged and uh, productive, right? That's a, uh, a, an important thing. And being lenient uh, about that is uh, super critical, right? So giving, ask, asking, hey, do you need time to, uh, to, uh, do, do you need a break? Do you need a uh, time to, uh, you know, decompress? Uh, are you okay? Are you, are you overworked, right? We, as good managers, we do it all the time through one-on-ones, through, uh, you know, communications and all but i think we have to be delivered deliberate now even more deliberate than before and uh, i think the last thought on uh uh, 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 uh on uh, communicating having this continuous uh, stream of uh human interaction uh i would i personally even when during the pandemic i tried to make it happen uh, if the if the team is capable and the team is local, meet in the office for one-on-ones and maybe go for lunch, if you can, right? Uh, it's a great great opportunity to you know continue to <laughs> see that we are all human beings and not just faces on the screen, uh, and um, and I think if if you can support it because some companies don't don't even have offices anymore. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely doing it. And also you had a good point on, on, on budgets. Even throughout pandemic, uh, I've never had a bo my boss tell me you cannot meet with the team and you cannot take a team to lunch or to a dinner. In fact, uh, I was always told, hey, if you have an opportunity, if the team is interested, go get them, go to lunch, go to a dinner. And, uh, and even... Uh, Flying the team together once in a while is a great, a great opportunity to sync up, to enjoy each other's company. And uh, uh, those budgets are available. And what I would like to encourage managers not to limit themselves in thinking that even if the times are tough and, you know, maybe the travel is, you know, locked and uh, or the company gotten used to the fact that there is no travel anymore or not as not maybe just at 5% or 10% of what it used to be. Uh, there is there are always budgets and there's always a bit of a money that can be uh, very effectively spent on the team on getting the team together uh, Adam it was a good conversation uh, very good topics uh, very good points uh, so maybe you could share a good uh, checklist with our listeners so that can make their remote work more effective sure sure absolutely so remote work the way of the future now uh, in one way or another and we believe the following are the are some of the key guidances especially for engineering managers to apply to their teams first is understanding how to build trust in a remote wor world 
through one-on-ones, leaning in through different communication channels, being creative, checking in on your, on your team. And once you've built that trust, lean into it. It's a positive tool um, and people will, for the most part, respect that and give that trust back to you. And that'll be a key pillar. Second thing is communication. Over-communicate where possible to make sure that everybody understands what the expectations are, but also the where what the dynamics are of the team. If 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 you have to be out, or if somebody else has to be out, or if there's some challenges going on, communicate that to to whatever way you can communicate. Don't just default to non-communication. Um, again, that communication feeds trust as well. Third is flexibility. Understand that in a remote world, we're not just replacing our physical offices at home. There's a lot of factors and variables that come into play from working from home, and we need to appreciate uh, the need for flexibility for everybody on the team. And giving everybody that sense of flexibility, I think, reduces some anxiety. It creates opportunity for them individually to create a new space to work, learn how to best adapt um, and stay healthy, both physically, mentally, and otherwise. Uh, so flexibility is key. Next is find opportunities for praise. And, and again, double down on praise, genuinely. It's really important when people are remote that they feel a part of something. And being a part of something is recognizing the work that's done, what we've accomplished, especially in very new dynamics for many people, learning new ways of doing things and staying productive, uh, finding an opportunity to do praise and, and make it regular is really key. Last thing, celebrate small successes. Finding ways for the team to get together periodically, but focus on the human element, not so much the work element. Getting people together and creating those human in, human to human interactions that we miss, those water cooler talks, those learning about what's going on in each other's lives and celebrating and laughing will be a huge investment for the future when you continue to work remotely. And it'll be a great thing for people to look forward to. It'll be an anchor for, for many people that really need that interaction. Uh, and it'll make, again, it'll, it'll build on this foundation of trust. People will learn to continue to trust each other and learn at the end of the day, we don't have to be in a physical office five days a week, nine to five to be productive. And as you mentioned, um, productivity can, can actually accelerate if we apply some of these key principles right in this new remote, remote world. Thank you, Adam. Uh, it was good stuff. Thank you, Slava. And we appreciate it. I hope this has been a great benefit to our listeners out there. Uh, we appreciate any feedback. Please reach out to us at contact at effectiveem.com or you can add reviews or comments uh, to wherever you're receiving this podcast. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you all in the future.